Our world is changing. It's time for fresh ideas and new points of view. I'm Jana Peel, Global Head of Arts and Culture at Chanel. And this is Chanel Connects, bringing together creative game changers from film, art, dance, music, and more. Can you hear me, Charles? Yeah, I can. Hi, Emerald. Hey, it's so nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, John. Great to finally meet you, Annika. Thanks for having us. Some are old friends and collaborators. Others are meeting for the first time. All are focused on what matters most and what's coming next. And now we get to listen in. episode, we're connecting Maisie Williams and Grimes. Actor Maisie Williams is best known for her portrayal of Arya Stark in the television series Game of Thrones. Arya's transformation from vulnerable young girl to ruthless assassin on a quest for vengeance made her a favorite with fans and earned Maisie two Emmy Award nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Maisie has a keen interest in technology and the way it can be harnessed to support the arts. Alongside new acting projects, she has also established herself as a successful entrepreneur, founding a production company called Wrapped and two networking platforms designed to help creatives. Maisie connects with the musician Grimes, whose daring category-defying work blends pop, electronica, and the avant-garde. Her album Visions broke through when it was named Electronic Album of the Year at the Canadian Juno Awards and was then chosen as one of the 500 greatest albums of all time by NME. She describes her latest album, Book One, as her greatest work to date. In this episode, Into the Metaverse, Maisie and Grimes discuss whether the future of performance is virtual. Hello, Maisie. Hello, Grimes. You are two artists I truly admire, and I am so happy to welcome you today to Chanel Connects. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It's so great. Grimes, where does this find you? I am in a cold New York studio on a Monday afternoon. Where are you, Grimes? Where are you, Maisie? I'm in London in a studio, uh, and it is equally cold and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Austin, Texas, and I don't think it's as cold as where you guys are, but it's still cold. Fantastic. Well, I'm thrilled to bring you together because I know that it's probably been a while since you've seen each other. Yes. But I'd love to hear about how you became fast friends. Clearly, you've got so much in common. <laughs> um, well, we met at the Met, um, or well, we met at the Met after party, or well, we, we, we've met before that, kind of, but not like really. Yeah. Well, I know that you definitely you you came to you came to the Game of Thrones set, right? Oh yeah, I did come to the Game of Thrones set, but I missed you. Yeah, I know I missed you by like half a second, which was really sad. But then we properly met at the Met, so that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like, I mean, I was telling Maisie, I'm. Uh, I think her performance of Arya might be one of the greatest, um, you know, uh, acting performances in all of cinema. Possibly my favorite character in all of cinema. So, uh, you know, I'm just obviously her number one fan. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's better fans than me. I don't know. I, <laughs> like, but <laughs> I'm high up there. Um, Amazing. So. And do you guys remember um, 
<laughs> what you talked about that night. Obviously, Aria was up there, <laughs> House of Black and White. I actually uh, felt like I just cornered you and was just talking about like the fashion industry. And I was just like going on and on about uh, I mean, just like, yeah, the difference between like expression and then just like strategic fashion partnerships and stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I, th- I think we're talking, yeah, our art, art versus, I mean, corporate art versus real art. I don't know. We talked about a lot of things. We um, covered a lot of ground. We like, we're very sure that we were going to, like meet up the next day and make a song, which we shouldn't do. <laughs> it is well, here we are now. We've got an hour together. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um. Well, we need Bella Porch and Charlie XCX for this. So, yes, uh, it's sort of a short film song thing. That war, I forget a, exactly what it what oh. it was. It was it was a war anthem. It was like a war anthem. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, um, horses. Yeah, like uh, and like we were going to learn a lot of martial arts for it. Oh something. yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. sounds like a very late night conversation. I remember you were wearing amazing outfits, both of you, on the night. And Grimes, if I'm not mistaken, there was a sword. There was a book. Maybe you could just paint a picture for these listeners about what you guys were both wearing at the Met Ball. Um, I think Maisie had bleached eyebrows, which she still might have. I do. Let's see, Maisie, nice. get closer. <laughs> yep. My uh, look was kind of inspired by um, just like the heroines of the films that I grew up watching, um, specifically Trinity from The Matrix. And so I was wearing Sick. this like black, like layered dress sculpted dress thing that uh my boyfriend Ruben Selby designed um and had this like shockwave hair which was like really heavy um but Grimes I I loved your look I thought that it was ethereal and beautiful thank you I was kind of going for Sephiroth Sephiroth you know kind of Final Fantasy um Mm -hmm. but uh you know the sword the sword was made out of uh like melted down AR-15s and stuff and I thought I thought that was really cool and the security were, were really stressed about letting me bring that in. Um, they actually made me, uh, I had to check it at the door. Um, <laughs> check your sword at the door. Yeah, they didn't let me bring the sword in. <laughs> but you had the illuminated book. Yeah, I had the yeah. illuminated book. It's like $15 on Amazon. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it yeah I mean, I just saw that. on in price. <laughs> Has it? <laughs> I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> and was the book teasing the album? Was that a literal connection to what's coming next? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, my album's called Book One, so I was definitely trying to like shout out my album. Kind of. I also just think books are a great aesthetic. I, th- I think it's sort of an under underrated aesthetic. I love that idea that books do furnish a room. Is there something you're reading at the moment that's particularly inspiring? Well, actually, I'm not. What What am I reading? Let me see. I'm, I, it's on Audible, so I never actually know what I'm reading. I'm reading the history of science, seventeen hundred to nineteen hundred. <laughs> I mean, I was just well, I was like half asleep. I was just reading about Lavoisier and the new French chemistry. Basically, it's, it's not that it's. I, I was like barely awake while this was happening, so we won't quiz you on it. <laughs> Maisie, what are you reading? I was reading uh, Ho- Homo Deus. Which is like this, yeah, sequel to... Oh, is, is, is that good? Because I was just uh, like re-listening to Sapiens. 
Yeah, it's really good. Follow up, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and it's also good, like, standalone. He kind of dives a little bit into, like, Homo sapiens. Did you read Sapiens? I did, sick, yeah. Sick. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, yeah, I really liked it. Um, yeah, so it came to, like, Homo Deus, like, a, a long time after. Um, but weirdly, like, the other day, like, I don't know who, I don't know where it came from, but, like, this book about manifesting showed up at my door. And, like, not a lot of people know my address. And I don't know who it's from. And there's no letter from it. And then it's, like, manifest the things that you want. And I was, like, that's so weird that this book is here. And so that I, I'll start that at some point. You should be sort of, ca- it could be, like, a psychotic stalker. Yeah. It's I'm probably a friend, of- but I, <laughs> I, I just keep an eye on that. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you're manifesting at the moment and why that's so poignant to you because it sounds like it maybe landed just at the right time. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, get, I don't know. I think I definitely told myself this year to like enjoy the auditioning process more. And I feel like I've been doing that and it's been paying off. So maybe I'm manifesting the next role or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Auditioning seems so, so freaky. Yeah, well, it's just a lot of rejection. And so you have to find something else to like base the like joy of it off of other than getting the role because otherwise you'll always feel like it's horrible. Maisie, I loved in your TED Talk how amazing that was to go back to that audition <laughs> Yeah, 10 years back. Can you touch on that? Because I found that such an amazing anecdote about focusing on being talented, not just being famous. Yeah, I think I also like I rose to fame at the same time as like the Facebook influencer and the YouTube influencer and like the access to like the world of being globally famous was just like so many avenues had like splintered off. And so I just really recognized like the need and the want for like global recognition versus like actually doing something that's really fulfilling because like I knew that being an actor was really fulfilling and I knew that being famous like could be really unfulfilling and I just like thought it was really important for people to however you get famous you realize that like that's not the best part of it it's like yeah doing things that make you feel like you're expressing and so yeah it was kind of my (laughs) advice to people but to be honest with you like People can do whatever they want. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like that must have been trippy, though, to also, like, because you you would have been, like, really young when you first kind of, like, became famous, which I just feel like, like, you probably have no concept, really. Like, do you remember even, like, not being famous or, like, is it pretty much, it's, it's been kind of your whole life? Um, I, uh, I do remember not being famous, but it definitely felt like another part of my life and like not really attached to me. And then I think now that I, when I came off the show, I was trying to be like, well, what did I do before? And like, before I was like 11. So then I was like, well, I can't just like, can't fully just do that. But you can definitely take like parts of your like mentality from that time, I guess. Um, how do you find fame, Grimes? Mm. I mean, I think I mostly, I try to keep my personal life like really offline and like most of my friends are not famous people or whatever. So I actually kind of like, I feel like I'm pretty able to kind of forget about it in the daytime. Like it's not something like, especially now that I'm not living in a major city really, it's, Mm -hmm. I would say I work pretty hard to um, cultivate a reality that doesn't involve remembering my public figure 
ness, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And then, and then whenever I do remember it, it's like very jarring because I kind of like actually forget about it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I, I think it's kind of important to like keep the daytime really like in the real world, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, I think we were kind of talking about this at the Met, but like when you get into situations with people who spend all day being famous, like you start realizing that they get like very socially stunted. Um, mm. And it's like they it's almost like they forget how to like talk about anything besides like their thing, because like all they do is like talk about their thing. And like yeah. all anyone ever asks them about is like their thing. And so it like it gets like socially very weird, very fast, I find. And yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's very important to not fall into that situation. Mm. Do avatars play a role in getting you away from that thing? I was just thinking about War Nymph and, of course, Maisie, you've had so many avatars created for you for CGI. Yeah. Does that alter ego, uh, in a sense, create a safer space in terms of exploring another side of your personality or anonymity? I am excited at the prospect of an avatar being able to do all of the famous parts like all of the interviews or like anything like that it is exciting to get to that point maybe um but at the moment my avatars just do all of the fun things all of the like impossible stunts so but that's which is still cool but wait do you experience that (laughs) do they use avatars as like body doubles for you or like in what in what capacity i i don't know anything about this so i'm like new to hearing that you have a bunch of avatars but i'm curious like how you're able to use them like in a sense of the word yes like there's it's like the it's the body but there's like no personality really linked to it it's like a virtual puppet that can they can then like animate but they take a complete 3d render of yourself so there's like a virtual version of yourself but currently like every production will do a different one oh really Um, yeah and it's like there's no like one like avatar that exists and can do everything and so for like game of thrones there's one and then for like the marvel thing there was one but it's kind of interesting to look at like when there can be one like just solely one and they can do all kinds of things whether it's like those impossible stunts or if it's like going more into like an actual personality and like an ai which is kind of cool i think that'll involve i think we're gonna need like because in order for that to happen, like, in order for you, you to be able to have your singular avatar that can cross into, like, any video game or any, yeah, you know, pu- public thing that you do, like, I, I think there's going to have to be, like, a major copyright yeah. cha- change or something. Like, I keep, I keep thinking about this because, like, this feels like the goal, like, the Red- Ready Player One, like, ultimate future is that mm. you're able to, like, move through any world with your sort of basic avatar but it also seems like either one corporation is going to have to sort of like maintain control or like get control for this to happen and we're we're all we all make our avatar in like the disney app and like they own it or else like Fortnite and disney and whoever else are going to have to let be letting in a third party situation Mm -hmm. and i I mean i don't think anyone here has the answers but like i'm just so curious how that's gonna unfold are you optimistic about Web3, this new decentralized, democratized version of the internet, a web without borders? I think I am actually optimistic about it because I think ultimately corporations and stuff are going to like lean into what people want. I mean, what kind of sucks is that like, you know, you look at like Web3 right now and it's like getting like really dominated by corporations and stuff like so fast. It's actually like interesting to watch how fast it's happening. It's it's almost like 
it started being something cool and it just immediately capitulated like overnight like as soon as it started feel like feeling like a real subversive interesting thing it just got like I don't know like sledgehammered with like corporate interest like it's 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 kind of crazy like I'm almost like watching this happen and I'm like man it's almost just like even like 10 days ago I was like yeah like web 3 and like I'm, like right now I'm just like this shit's getting like out of control how like how quickly it's it's like falling into just like this like you know Fortnite are releasing nfts and shit and i'm just like okay i don't even like i don't even know what's going on here like it's wait, wait, take us back to your let's take us to warren and your nfts okay sorry okay i'd I'm love not. to hear about warren of no no what she was like why you created her and also your nft drop was so incredibly successful last yeah. year so take us back to that place just to give us a reference that would be interesting um yeah, I mean, we started making War Nymph, I think, aspirationally with this kind of, like, idea in mind of, like, when there can be independent avatar ownership and you can sort of bring your avatar into any other world. We started, like, aspirationally making it with that in mind. Um, yeah, also, it, it's kind of crazy because when we did the NFT thing, there hadn't really been big NFTs yet. So, like, we, we, we were, like, we didn't even really know what it was or, like, we knew what it was, but we just, it just it didn't seem like it was going to be that big of a cultural impact at that point. So we were just, it was, it was just kind of like, Hey, sure. Let's do this thing. Like, it just seemed like a random thing. Like, it's just like a random, like, yeah, sure. Kind of situation. Um, and so it was very crazy. Were you surprised by the $6 million that it generated or were you more surprised <laughs> by the cultural impact and the headlines of Grimes drops 10 NFTs and there's so much incredible demand? Uh, kind of both. The whole thing was very shocking. Like, we just kind of like went to bed that night and didn't think it was that big a deal and then like woke up in the morning and we're just like, what the actual fuck? This is very <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, I, I'm very curious where this whole thing goes uh, because e like we even when you look at like Web 2 and like, like I mean, Maisie was talking about sort of like um, how she kind of got famous at, in the early days of like Facebook and all that stuff mm -hmm. kind of, like, when that stuff was starting. Like I feel like that stuff kind of took off really slowly um and you know like I remember Facebook existing and it kind of existed for two or three years before I got on it like Twitter existed for a few years before I like got on it mm -hmm. and those things were sort of like like took and, and then you know you get on them and like most people still aren't on them and then like mm -hmm. they're slowly building up and it feels like those things like took were like slow in their development and then like TikTok was like pretty fast and like now web three feels like even faster and it's just sort of like like, I feel like they have less time to, like, figure out what they are. But anyway, I'll stop. I feel like I'm monologuing. No, no, I'm with you because they say things happen slower than you would ever expect and then faster than you would ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And so I think, Maisie, I'd love to also jump in and figure out how you've been using this more decentralized vision to actually empower creators. Yeah. Can you share with us some of the projects you've been working on in that space? Yeah, I think what's what's really exciting is like the perks side of like NFTs and like the things that you can give away like to people as like a another benefit outside of like having like sole ownership over something. And I think like the film industry is like so um mysterious and like a lot of the things that people look at day to day um actually become like really valuable like once a, a film is done um and for example you look at like cool sheets like original cool sheets from like uh the early star wars films and like they're uh so valuable now and like once they were just like handed out like freely on set and so i just i think it's really interesting like the things that people see as valuable and so 
Yeah, we're just kind of looking at how we can like unveil all of those things within the creation of a film um, and in the process raise money to fund the film. And like rather than people simply buying something, um, they also then are like a contributor to like like something being um, made. Um, And I think that it's like an interesting uh, pivot that like Web3 is starting to take and like people are really looking at NFTs as like a badge of being part of something bigger than themselves versus like simply being a piece of art like being a producer like if you're going to be investing in this like you are a producer of a film and like what does that look like versus just crowdfunding money that's not why Web3 is exciting it's not about like raising a lot of money from a lot of people it's about like yeah spreading out the playing field I've been so impressed to learn you have a production company called Wrapped and two networking platforms for creatives, Contact Mm. and Daisy, all in service to artists. What will success look like for you with those initiatives? You've talked about fair rewards across the arts and about celebration of talent. Is that what unites them all? Yeah, I guess so. Like with Wrapped, I think is definitely like giving the creative vision back to the filmmaker, but also allowing an audience in to influence like the journey of a character or like the decision like of what happens to a film after the fact. And then at Contact, um, they're really looking at... uh, how you can unlock a lot of the perks of Web3 and make it super accessible for artists in order to be able to um, make their like their work um, purchasable or like generate NFTs um, and just like create a lot of different ways for an artist to be able to make money versus simply being booked for an hour of their time. And Grimes, can I extend that to you in terms of exploring the possibilities of virtual live performances? We've seen musicians gathering huge crowds inside video games, of course, with Marshmello and Ariana Grande, inside Fortnite, and more recently, 100 Gex and their Minecraft music festival. I'd be fascinated to know how you think your music, the concert experience, and engagement with your fans will evolve in the metaverse. Is the future of performance virtual as you see it? Um, I'm sort of like less interested in virtual performance than I am in other things. I don't know, like, like I think, for example, like the way Web3 can interface with music videos is more interesting than mm. the way it can interface with like virtual performance right now. I think, for example, like music videos are something that it's like very hard to monetize and it's kind of like a labor of love for everybody, yeah. um, you know, and it's like like one of the things that like really interests me about NFTs and Web3 is like you could you know, give everyone working on a music video a percentage of that and then like make that an NFT. And then uh, you're able to sort of like kind of pay back the people who've been working on the music video in a better way than like we currently can do it. One of the things that's really interesting about this technology is like a lot of modern art forms are very difficult to monetize. Like podcasts are pretty difficult to monetize. Like digital painting is like super difficult to monetize. Like I'm looking at people kind of like doing stuff on Patreon or um, like uh, doing commissions. It's like $15 for like an original painting and stuff like this. And I'm like, we're in this kind of digital art renaissance right now. And yet we've grown up in the Spotify era and the streaming era. And we sort of expect art to be free. And one of the things that I think that sucks about the current like opinion of NFTs is like this thing that's like really negative um, is that it's actually like one of the best ways to sort of like 
enter the new digital era of paying artists. But I think live, live performance is already something that is easy to monetize. There's like a greater benefit to stuff like digital art podcasting and um and cinema for example i think i think cinema is still even though cinema is well funded only certain types of cinema are well funded mm-hmm. um and you know that's a lot of like remakes of things that are already popular and it's sort of it's harder to make sort of like original content and uh new franchises and that kind of thing and i think this will be good for original content and new creators yeah. uh particularly yeah i think that we're overrun with remakes and reboots um And I think it's because, like, a streamer will invest in something uh, if it's going to get new signups. So, like, the people who already have a subscription are, like, effectively, like, not valuable um, because they, like, already have a subscription. So it's about, like, getting new people. It doesn't really become about making something that's really good. It just, like, needs to be marketable enough that it will reach, like, new, new audiences and... And yeah, I think there's just a real hunger for original stories. I think like they're always like they're always the films that do the best. Like they're always the movies that we watch time and time again. And like when you base everything on like an opening weekend or on new subscriptions, like you stop making things that will be watched for the rest of time. And I think like with NFTs and yeah, with like the secondary market, it like rewards rewatching a film, like enjoying it multiple times, like time and time again, and it having like a long lifespan or even a slow burn or even like a cult following versus like just being subject to like one weekend and how many people saw it then. Because, yeah, I think all of yeah the movies that we hold closest to us, like I bet if you Googled it, like it probably had a terrible opening weekend, um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's not a good movie, so... Grimes, you dropped some incredible music videos this year for the singles Shinigami Eyes and Player of Games. I wonder if we could talk a bit about the process behind those and how that's changed since the early days of tracks like Genesis and Oblivion. The big thing now is like, I have a much bigger budget, um, which is um, just amazing. That helps. Does that help? Yeah, it really, it really helps a lot. It really, really helps just a lot. Just checking it um, didn't stifle your art. No, I, I mean, Oblivion and Genesis were very much like, you know, doing everything yourself kind of thing. Mm. Well, which is still kind of like the case here, but like, you know, being able to work with directors and stuff is huge for me. Like I worked with Anton Tammy for um, Player of Games and Brother for Shinigami Eyes. Um Whereas, like, I, I've never done that before. Usually I've been, like, edit, color, like, every, like, di- direction, like, budgeting. Like, just, like, it's me or me and Mac, my brother. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, like, doing everything and bleeding over it. And li- literally, like, just, like, <laughs> personally spending hundreds of hours in the myself editing. Which actually still ended up happening this time. But, <laughs> like, with other people. So it was less... Uh, less blood on the floor um, (laughs) metaphorically uh you know I keep saying the best tool is like another human brain but it's like the big thing I've been able to realize this year is just like if you have the right partner like I I was very 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 careful about who I worked with on these videos because I've never worked with anyone before it's kind of like getting a tattoo like when I get a tattoo I just find an artist who I think is incredible I'm just kind of like do what you think would look good you know like (laughs) I I trust you my latest tattoo. My latest tattoo is on my chest. I don't know if I can show no this in an appropriate. No one can Don't worry. You could ta- talk us through it because only the three of us here. That looks. Oh, it's white. It's the white tattoo. It's white. Okay, Wicked. tell us more. 
Okay, sorry, that's showing you guys my boobs, but um, <laughs> and also sorry, I have like a cold, so I'm like my nose is. We all have cold, but um, a pandemic. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not COVID, so <laughs> everything is forgiven. Uh, tell us about the latest <laughs> one. It's really brilliant. Um, so um, yeah, this person Noel did it in New York. I just like I was in New York. I found them at the last minute. Their art was really good, and I was just like hey, can I roll through and just get a tattoo? And then I just rolled through and they kind of already had some designs. And I was like, can you do that in white? And they do hand pokes. And I have to say, they're one of the best t- tattoo artists I've ever worked with. It was like, it didn't hurt at all. Ooh. Yeah, they're glamour underscore spells on on Twitter. Can you share what the image of? Because it's white, it's hard to see. What was the inspiration uh, for the latest? I, it's just kind of like random elf, elfy tech mm. e- elf energy. Tech. Yeah. <laughs> Um, love it. Shinigami eyes and player of games in terms of in the inspiration there anything there about the stories that took you um, in a particular direction I mean player of games is sort of a it's sort of like um the main character is like a simulated girl and have you guys seen um the seventh seal by Ingmar Bergman no okay well uh well in that movie like the guy's kind of like playing chess with the devil ah. and uh you know when the game, when he loses the game, he's gonna die or whatever. Um, it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie, so I'm probably not. I might be messing up the plot here, but um, mm-hmm. I, I in book one, like part of the story is about this like simulated girl. Um, she's sort of like a, a si- simulated concubine, um, like companion character. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, she's sort of like she's playing games with her her creator um <laughs> the creator who's <laughs> like laughing over there um but laugh. uh yeah it's 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 kind of it's kind of like this um sci-fi like matrixy like sexy version of like the seventh seal if that makes any sense love it uh yeah oh my god that's incredibly exciting it's like it's like marie it's like a, a cyber marie antoinette uh playing chess with her creator or playing a variety of video games with her creator in a simulation and uh see if she gets to like live or not see we're back to france in the 18th century so all roads take us back to the enlightenment (laughs) which is um incredibly exciting um and i know Maisie, you're also doing some amazing things um with your voice even though we're not going to see Arya stark back on screen maybe you can tell us a little bit in terms of multiverses and what we've been reading there and yeah, they're doing like a Super Mario Smash Bros, but with like Batman and Arya and uh, like. Oh my god, that's so sick! Yeah, like Shaggy that's literally and so sick. Scooby Doo and like just like a bunch of random people, which is really really cool. And so I got to go and like record a bunch of just like the like when your character's like winning or when it's like losing and uh, when it's like cheering from the sidelines. And so it was like really fun to play Aria in like a, just, I don't know, just a more lighthearted way, I guess. So it, it was good to I'm play literally, her again. Yeah. Literally going to play that <laughs> yeah. so much. That literally sounds so good. It was so funny. Like I didn't know anything about it when I got there and I thought it was going to be kind of like a world exploration game and like it's been a long night and like you should rest now. And like, which is like cool, but like, and then when I got there and I realized that it was like way more lighthearted and like 
yeah, just like these little mini games. It, it was just so fun because like Arya is never in that kind of situation. Like it's more expected for her to do like some deep like monologue when you're at a checkpoint of a game. And so it's fun for her to just be like giving sass to Batman or like Scooby-Doo. So it was, it was good. I love that. You brought out another side of yourself as yourself in a video game. And yeah. I know I just remembered, of course, that you are both such avid gamers. Have you ever played with each other? And what do each of you love to play? We should play. We, we should. haven't played with each other yet. No, we were just talking about this earlier. We play some of the same games, but I don't know if like I don't I don't know if any of them we can play together on, really. Are you passive? We can play, El- we can play Elden Ring together. Okay. Yeah, that works. Maisie, what's your passion or your poison? We well, yeah, we were saying kind of, well, I like uh, world building games um, like Stardew Valley or uh, Minecraft and like that kind of peaceful thing. Or I like the like battle royale thing. I play some. Um, I play a lot of Fortnite, and then I've also played Apex, which I've started to get into, and I really like. Now, when you're gaming with people, do they know it's you? Or is there secrecy and anonymity that are part of the fun? How does that work for you as such incredibly public figures with huge followings? I just play with my friends if I play with anyone. But I'm sort of like Maisie where I... I mean, I haven't really played video games in a minute right now. I just got a gaming laptop. Um, Wait, you have a baby. uh, You're kind of busy. um, Yeah, I'm kind of busy album and a baby and the NFTs. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Although I'm like about to start... Oh my dog! I might have to let let my dog out a sec. But I um um I just got to hang on one sec. I have to once I have to let this dog out because he's gonna start freaking out. What's his name? What kind of dog is he? Okay. His his name's Marvin, and he's like I don't know what kind of dog he is. Here, hang on one sec. <laughs> I I like to play with like friends, um, and then I also do occasionally. Well, yeah, I really love playing um, anonymously. And like just chatting with people and they don't know that it's me. No one ever recognizes me. I love it. It's oh, so fun. Do you play you play with random people on the internet? Yeah, yeah. But then but actually I play on Fortnite a lot and like the the main playing age that people of people who play Fortnite are like they're very, very young. Um they're like kids and so I'm more like, Hey, like what's up? And then they're like, Hello. And then I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just like, um, yeah, I feel a bit uncomfortable then and I don't want to like freak them out or anything. So then, yeah. And you, yeah, so I sometimes, uh, sometimes just like to play with strangers. <laughs> Has anyone ever recognized you ever? No, never. I wow. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, we it's mainly because they're eight, so <laughs> they haven't seen the show. <laughs> It's interesting what you said, Maisie, about the generations and the way that people interact with technology changing so dramatically from one generation to the next. Um, The last guest I had on the series, it was the designer and artist as Devlin um, and Pharrell Williams, and they were saying how much they were learning in terms of technology and video gaming while watching their kids. And that really makes me ask Grimes in terms of Baby X. Do I have the pronunciation right? Yep, Little X. Little baby X. Okay, little X. Yeah. Um, little X. Little X. What are you learning? Or X. Or X. <laughs> okay, give us the full name, just for our own knowledge, oh. so we get it right. I mean, X A I Archangel, or X A I Ash, or X A I A Twelve. His name is 
open to interpretation. Love it. Beautiful. Love it. And as you look and you interpret, are you optimistic about the future of the digital world for him? Um, I think so. I, th- I think everyone's like really kind of diagnosing where we're going wrong and where we're going right. And so right now is like a tricky time and there are aspects of it that are painful, but I think we're going to get it right in the long term. Um, you know, I think the big thing is sort of like the mental health aspect of the digital world. Like, you know, we sort of jumped into the deep end and people didn't really consider the, so the like, cause there's no way to know, like there's no way to realize how intense it's going to be on social media and everything. The way I kind of see it is sort of like everyone, like the whole world suddenly got exposed to everyone's, everyone else's brain and state of mind at the same time when there was no way for that to happen before. So obviously it's painful and intense, but I think ultimately it's like a good thing. And I think a lot of the things that like we're finding very painful right now are ultimately going to lead to a lot of solutions to problems that we've never been able to find solutions uh, to before. Because it's much harder to just sweep something under the rug now. I feel bad for Gen Z because like Gen Z specifically is like having to come of age during this moment that's kind of like finicky while we figure out how how to like calibrate our human brains and the internet to each other. Um, but like I, I feel like X's age, like I think they're calling it like Gen Alpha or whatever. Like I feel like by the time those kids are teenagers, we're going to be in like a really cool spot with how social media is and everything. Um, and we're going to have figured out a lot about mental health and how these things all work together and um, how to be online, but be s- still good to our brains and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel I feel pretty optimistic. I, th- I think this is a good thing. I, I think ultimately there's going to be a lot more d- democracy of like people's voices um, in the long run. Both of you have made comments about the pressures of the film, the music, the television industries. If you had a magic wand, what are some of the changes that you'd bring in to make those cultural sectors healthier, more robust, and crucially, more sustainable? I sort of feel like everything comes down to the the energy grid. You know, it's like we keep talking about like limiting limiting our behaviors as opposed to like there's this Buckminster Fuller quote which I'm gonna um butcher here but it's 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 (laughs) something like um you know don't try to tear down old models or like destroy old models but like rather render them obsolete with better models um it's definitely like that's not those are not the words but that's the creative destruction exactly schumpeter and all that like 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 you know um just make something better um and you know it's like instead of like destroying the fossil fuel industry, you know, just make better things that are electric. You know what I mean? Like more carrot, less stick kind of mm-hmm. situations. Um, and so like, <laughs> I really think the ener- the answer to a lot of this stuff is just energy grid. And I think if it's not going to be governments, then um, institutions and communities need to start replacing our own energy grids. Like, I think that is a solution. Like, I, I don't think we can rely on governments. I think we kind of have to start taking this on ourselves because um, Greta is out here, like, yelling, and it's just they are not changing. And so I think um, rather than wishing they would change, I think we have to start taking this on ourselves. And I think that's one of the things I, I want to start doing over the next couple of years is, like, reorient my life in, into finding ways to, I don't know, like, raise funds and, like, start building energy, sustainable energy grids, um, and that kind of thing. You said there might be a career shift coming, so we're just we're yeah. just waiting and watching. This is pretty exciting, <laughs> this the is direction just, of travel. 
yeah, it's just pure sci-fi th- the- yeah. theorizing sure, with, sure, with like sure, no sure. Ba- no basis in in action or expertise. So just putting that out there. But that's that's like what I would do. You know. Yeah. Are you focusing on this planet? Or are you also hopeful for intelligent life form in other places? Uh, I mean, I'm obviously extremely invested in humanity becoming a multiplanetary species, and I do think that humans or at least robot bodies going to Mars and um, prototyping solutions on Mars will be a super positive thing. I think we're going to be able to see things either succeed or fail on Mars. Um, yeah, I think right now on Earth, it's it's very hard to try new things like this. It's very hard to try like a super crazy radical idea, you know, and there's human lives at stake. And so you also want to be very careful with that. But I think we'll be able to prototype a lot of cool things and bring back the uh, technologies and systems that work to earth and try them here and i think that's sort of like a cool benefit of um space colonization that people don't talk a lot about a lot but that could be really cool yeah and Maisie, you feature in a new series about the sex pistols i've been hearing about what can you tell us at this stage about that yes it was so much fun. We filmed, uh, it was directed by Danny Boyle. Um, it's a six part oh, show and man. it was filmed during the lockdown last year, the beginning of 2021. And um, yeah, it was incredible. It's like all about uh, Steve Jones, who was the lead guitarist of the Sex Pistols and about his childhood and forming the band, meeting uh, Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood and them kind of like, generating this band um and i played a character called jordan and she uh in retrospect is kind of like a punk icon but at the time she really was just like a like the original fashion influencer and she was kind of like the personification of vivian westwood's shop and brand and like did a lot of public speaking for them and like the sex pistols were kind of too um yeah, just to bring more uh, business to the shop that Vivian ran at the time, which was called Sex. Um, and so... That it's... was down the King's Road, right? Exactly, on the King's Road. Right, yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, it's, the story kind of just like dives into all of those things and you meet a bunch of other people that we know and love. Susie Sue features heavily, Sue Catwoman, um, Helen of Troy, Chrissy Hind. But yeah, it was a really amazing show to do and I had the best time and we got to wear the most insane outfit and like recreated a bunch of um, like archive Vivian Westwood looks, which was uh, amazing. Um, and yeah, we shot it like during the lockdown. So I just felt so grateful to be out of my home. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for it to come out. Well, that sounds literally so sick. It, yeah, it was it was good fun. I think people are going to like it. I actually watched a little bit of it today and like the edit is like full like Danny Boyle like heart attack <laughs> so it's um yeah I, I he was like I don't know how bingeable it's gonna be because it's like quite intense you know but um I'm sure like yeah I'm sure people will find a way <laughs> so cool do you guys have any last questions for each other this has been such a pleasure and a privilege to spend this time with you both yeah I guess uh kind of like back on the fame and the responsibility thing um it's so nice to talk about these kinds of things with you, Grimes, and I think that you like speak about them a lot. But yeah, I guess that does come like with a real pressure and responsibility. Um, and I want to know like how you navigate that and how you know when to speak and when to not. <laughs> uh, I will. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's been great to talk to both of you two, actually. Thank you so much for having me on and inviting me, um, first of all. Um, and to answer your question, uh, I actually think I have handled it very poorly and <laughs> um, not been as um, eloquent or responsible with my words or thoughts as I should be. And I think like one of the things I've been like realizing over the last year is like to stop being in denial about my life and um, take things more seriously and speak with more care and thought. Although at the same time, I think it's really ideating and stuff is really important. Um, but there is just a lot to navigate right now. And I think um, solution-based thinking is just always the answer. You know, as you were saying, I don't know, my favorite quote is the Star Wars quote from episode eight, don't kill what you hate, save what you love. I think the big thing is to just keep focusing on saving what we love and not killing what we hate, yeah. I guess. I don't know if that's a good answer, but... No, um, it's really good. I don't know if I have as good of a question for you. I'm just like, I'm very excited about this uh, Sex Pistols thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and we should play together. We will play some oh, yeah, games we should, together. Yeah. We should play games. We should totally play games. That'd be good. To be continued. Yeah. Offline. I, I, will set up my com- I will set up my computer and text you. Yeah, wicked. Well, beautiful. Sick. Thank you. On that note, you have both been so eloquent and responsible with your words and your thoughts today. Incredibly grateful for that. Maisie Williams and Grimes, thank you so much for connecting with us today. Thank you. <gasps> thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Us. Thank you for guiding us through. <laughs> have a good one. Yeah. Arms in the air. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Chanel Connects. Don't forget, you can follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app. You can also listen back to Season 1, featuring conversations between Pharrell Williams and Ez Devlin, Kira Knightley and Lulu Wang, and many more. <laughs>